All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the Truth Players Podcast, episode 223. We had a Woj bomb one minute before this recording started. We're going to talk all about it. The Clippers and Lakers in round two for the battle of mediocrity. And we got the all-star reserves for the East and the West. We're going to talk about both of those teams. It's the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 223. We were going to start the show. that We're recording right now on Friday morning. We were going to start the show with the uh, second round of the Battle of Mediocrity, the Clipper versus Laker game last night, which we will dive deep into. (laughs) But 38 seconds prior to pressing the record button on uh this episode we got a woge bomb drew we finally got a woge bomb we did and and this actually affects our whole show because this throws (laughs) off my final thought this throws off a lot so uh the woge bomb for the clipper fans out there woge drop the clippers are trading eric bledsoe justice winslow keon johnson and a future second round pick to the trailblazers for norman powell and robert covington sources tell espn now this throws a wrench in the whole episode drew but it's a perfect time to talk about it because we haven't discussed this yet. I think this is a good way to start the show. I'm, I think this is a W for the Clippers right now, guys. Um, I really like uh, Justice Winslow. I was a part something I was going to say in the show today was talking about Justice Winslow. I like his approach. He's a great team guy. There was a, a really great episode on the Clipper uh, Facebook show where, you know, he was just talking about the camaraderie on the team. He hasn't been part of a team like this. He, when they were in Miami, he, he took the whole staff on a, on, a, on a yacht trip like for the day, which I thought was really cool. Heard nothing but great things about him. He's been great for us. Really loved him. Keon Johnson, the rookie that we picked up this year, we haven't been able to see him. He's been in the G League. Uh, he's barely gotten any burn for the Clippers this year. I think that – and who knows what he's going to be. He could be a very, very good player. Um, <clears throat> you guys all know my thoughts on Eric Bledsoe. I, you know – I loved him when, when we drafted him. He hasn't been great for us this year. Very inconsistent that he's had a, a few very good games um, for us. He's won a, a few very good games for us, but there's just something that I say every single game about Bledsoe. And even with last night, you know, seeing three air balls last night um, in that game was just a sign. There's just times where, where Bledsoe doesn't fit. Now, Norman Powell is a very good addition. He hasn't had the greatest season this season for the for the Trailblazers, but damn, he is a vet that can put up numbers. Robert Covington, another great vet that can stretch the floor. Um, a backcourt of Reggie and Norman Powell right now, that sounds way better to me than Nor- than Reggie and and um, than Bledsoe. So first I want to say thank you, Justice. Thank you, Keon, and thank you, Eric Bledsoe, for everything you've done for the squad. But now moving forward, Drew, this is a W for the Clippers, in my opinion. What do you think? Oh, definitely a big W for the Clippers. And I think to me, it just shows that like Portland is, is giving up on this, this season. Um, They just got CJ back and they just took a loss to, to the Lakers a couple nights back. But to me, this is the white flag. Uh, I would not at this point, based on this trade, expect Damian Lillard to be out there for the rest of the season. To be quite honest, I think he could probably use a rest. 
Um, but his abdominal strain or whatever it is that's wrong with him has uh, been pretty persistent. And I don't see him them rushing him back. And I do think they're gunning for a top pick at this point. I mean, I could be wrong here. Maybe they're thinking of this as like some sort of reload or a move to make another move. Um, and, you know, maybe this isn't the end for Portland. But if this is it, if this is all they do before the end of this trade deadline, that's not <laughs> that's not a winning move. Right. Mm -hmm. And for the Clippers, it very much is a winning move like that's a that's a to me. It's a, the Clippers making a decision to not give up on this season to to to, to still try and fight and stick into that, you know, bottom end of the play playoffs or the, the play in spot and then give you guys time to, to see if Paul George or Kawhi can make it back or both can make it back onto the court this season. Um, and Norman Powell is a fantastic player. I mean, they, he's, he's expensive, right? They, the Portland traded for him, traded away Gary Trent and, and brought him in, which is now looks like a weird move if you were just going to let him go for this cast of characters. Um, and I think he's going to do great. I mean, he's, this year he's averaging just under 19 points a game. He's a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, 80% from the free throw line, you know, doesn't turn the ball over that much. I think he's relatively underrated on defense. And I think finally, you know, maybe for the first time in his NBA career, he's going to be able to play the position that suits him the best, which is the shooting guard position. Cause you have guys that are like, like Batum, uh, you know, like Amir coffee and Marcus Morris that can play the three where he has in Portland and in Toronto been an undersized three at a lot of the time. So I I'm excited to see him play alongside Reggie, Reggie Jackson. And then, you know, if you guys do get Kawhi or Paul George back, that can be a really exciting, you know, starting five that you can put on the floor. Um, the Covington thing is nice too. I mean, you know, that's another guy that can very easily play the three if you need him to, or if you want to go small, he can play the four. He hasn't been that good this year. I mean, as far as his normal numbers where, you know, he was like the prototypical three and D guy right now, he's only averaging seven and a half points, a uh, little under six boards a game. Um, but I do think that he's, you know, he'll, he'll slide right into the Clippers unit. And I think he brings the level of intensity and uh, defensive you know, awareness that the Clippers seek out and, and utilize a lot. So uh, as far as like who won the trade, it's not even fucking close. The Clippers clean house here. You get what I'm saying about Bledsoe though, too, right? Like it just wasn't working. This isn't me hating on, on Bled at all, but I, you know, I hate dogging on Clippers though, but I've said since the beginning, like I, I, it's just not working. And I think the front office have noticed that too. Look, as a Clipper fan, um, I like to see being proactive, right? And they saw that there are glitches in our offense and our defense. And that was one of our glitches. I think justice was coming along really well for us, you know, kind of, it took him a while to really figure out his position on the team and where we needed him. Um, Keon, again, we just don't know, but look, and then Norm is also from that, that Raptors uh, family line, right? The Kawhi and Serge Ibaka family line, like bringing these guys in. I know our girls are our uh, dishes and dimes girls will probably, I'll get a text at some point being like, Oh, you guys got another Raptor on your squad. Right. But yeah. he's also a San Diego kid and went to UCLA. So he's oh, going to love it being in Los Angeles. Right. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I'm with that, dude. And I think, uh, I think Clipper, the Clipper fans should be, should be excited about this. I'm, I'm excited that um, we made the move. I'm excited that the front office is proactive and trying to make us better. Right. And uh, that's exactly what we just did today. So uh, moving forward, looking forward to the, our next game. I wonder if he's going to play tomorrow. Um, so, Bigger, bigger news, Drew. We got to talk about last night. 
Last night, the I don't know if it's bigger news. I, I don't know if it's bigger news, but the the mediocrity thing that you that the title is so perfect because that's what this is. It really is. But you know what, Drew? That was every every part of a of a, an exciting, thrilling game last night. I mean, think about it, dude. Sixteen lead changes, ten ties. There were six lead swaps in the last sixty three seconds of the game. It was a really really fun game. Um, you know, I have my Laker fan friends that that are texting me the whole time too, and like. Uh, I told my boy Mo, I'm like, yo, I'm basing the Lakers tonight. I'm basing off the first bank shot by Russell Westbrook, right? I, if, I'm going to go with how that goes, right? And you know what? He hit the first one, okay? And and I immediately hit my boy Mo up. And I'm like, all right. So he hit the first bank shot. And then while I was texting that, he blew a wide open dunk. And I'm like, okay, here we go. Um, again, there were ups and downs in this game. AD looked very good. There was no LeBron. Um I just think, look, Malik Monk was 8 for 19, 21 points, 7 boards, 7 assists. AD, 12 of 24, 30 points, 17 boards. He was a beast. We had no answer for him around the rim. The guy, I think every one of his buckets was a dunk, right? Um, and and that's kind of dis- discouraging to me. Russell was 7 for 18, 17, 6, and 4. Um, and then looking at the Clipper side of thing, I mean, Marcus Morris, Mook had, had a huge game, 29-7, and he was six for seven threes, a big three at the end there to put the Clippers up by one in the corner. Um, Reggie, 10 for 20 with 25, and Serge, who was great last night too with 20 and eight. Um, before we hop into the game, I, I've said this before, Drew, and I think we, uh, and we're big on giving people their flowers, and a lot of people were watching the game last night and I kept saying to myself, fuck Marcus Morris has really turned into a really good basketball player. And that I'm being honest, man, there's nothing flashy about this man's game. He's not going to dunk on you, but you know what he's going to do? He's going to hit big buckets in big moments. And there was a, you know, he's been with us for three, three years now. This is his third, two and a half years. If you want to call it that Um, in the beginning, kind of like we were just saying about justice Winslow is trying to find his, his footing with playing with Paul and, and with Kawhi and whatnot, um, he turned, he was kind of a black hole in the beginning. Like, yo, if I get the rock, I'm just going to shoot it. We, we were very adamant about talking about that. He was very frustrating at times. Right. But now being thrusted into this new position of like, fuck, we need scoring on our team. Who's going to do it. I got to be that guy. And, uh, I just said a few times last night, man, he's turning into such a, a like a really, really good basketball player. What'd you think of, what'd you think of, uh, Marcus's performance last night? The, the 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 big shot making that you're touching on was huge and and that transition from when he first came to the clippers to now is very noticeable he's he's hardly ever forcing a shot unless the shot clock demands it right unless there's like two seconds left, he's got to put it up and he's just very comfortable moving the ball because within the the, the clippers offense the ball moves nicely and he'll get open looks just based off of you know the, the kick and drive or the drive and kick kind of mentality that the Clippers have. Uh, but no shot was bigger than that corner three that he hit at the end of the game. I mean, that was a tough shot on a pump fake. And, uh, you know, Mel, I think it was Mel, somebody was there Monk. like waving. Oh, it was Monk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he just nailed that three and that was tremendous. Um, and yeah, pretty much every time the Clippers needed a big bucket in that game, it felt like he was there. I mean, Reggie obviously really kind of took over in the fourth uh, going down the stretch, but you know, Morris was there for the whole game and Serge Ibaka, dude, like looking really strong in that first quarter. That was about as good as I've seen him in three or four years. I mean, that maybe, maybe, you know, maybe not four years, but maybe going back to the Toronto, uh, you know, piece of things. Um, 
it wasn't a great game. No, right? it was ugly at times. There was moments where like, yeah, yeah this is ugly. Yes, totally. And I think in the first half, it was, you know, not the not the highest level of intensity or, or effort going on out there. But the second half gave us pretty much everything we wanted, even though no LeBron James. I mean, the game could have looked so much differently. And, and I think for me, when I was watching this, I was just really reflective of where both teams are right now. Mm-hmm. And like very mediocre, like 500. And then we're for the Clippers and, and the Lakers are below 500. And it's like, man, this game should have been like a two and a three seed with Kawhi and Paul George on one side and LeBron, Anthony Davis. And that's all we've asked for, Drew, for three. That's all we've asked for for three. And we can't get it. It just we can't get it right. And, um, you know, the Lakers, again, can't get it right against the Clippers. That's 0-2 for the season. Uh, Both. I mean, and Morris hit the bank shot three in the first game, uh, talking about how well he's been playing over the over the course of the season. He was the difference maker in that first one. And. Uh, I got to tell you, dude, so when it came down to the wire, Reggie Jackson gets that little spin move in the corner. And to me, he traveled. And I think if he's if he's come on, if the if this is not an NBA game, if this is Olympics or even college, I think they're calling that a travel. I don't I don't want it. I didn't I wasn't complaining when it happened. I was just like, you know, his pivot foot was not down. Uh, but it was a tremendous move and a great layup that he made. And then and then with Anthony Davis with that floater. Uh, coming down the <laughs> coming he, he down was, the lane he was it so was, hurt after the game he watched it six times before he went before he did his interview six. fractionally off mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. just so close to burying it burying the dagger in the in the Clippers hearts there but um yeah that was you know it, it was what it was I it, for the from the Lakers AD had a great game Monk is so important to this team yep um and he continues to be <laughs> like the with LeBron not available like the kind of the go-to perimeter guy even even more than russ which is great um russ didn't play great he also didn't play that terribly he had some pretty bad turnovers but that's you know a normal russell westbrook game but i thought he was key i mean clippers were up 17 with four minutes left he had a run he had he had his fourth right yeah he had he had about whatever it was like a four minute run where he was really like taking it to the basket and and Mm. he made a he made a bank shot you know all those things that that uh, he can do he actually hit a three in the i saw the three yep yeah he made one of those which was Mm. wide open which was good but um yeah i mean just kind of you know it's just one of these things where the game could have been a lot more interesting and better than it was but it turned out to be a, a really fun game to watch and a big win for the clippers yeah it was exciting man and if the if if anything that we're getting from the Clippers this year is excitement, right? Like they may not be again, the flashiest bunch ever, but these guys are fun to watch play. And even that last shot by Reggie, I mean, Reggie has hit so many goddamn big shots for us since he's been with us. It's unbelievable. And this, the, the little skip to my Lou Reggie coming up the court, which is so Reggie, he's not doing that to be like, like Deion Sanders high stepping in the end zone. That's just Reggie. Right. And he's never shied away from a big moment. And that play at the rim was crazy. I thought AD was a little too far away from, from the rim to help, but he could have been blocked easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just such a big moment or such a big bucket. And then you couldn't have gotten a better look from AD, right? Like, it was in that ball was in the hoop. Yeah. The game should have been over, but it just didn't happen. And drew, I want to give you a stat, man. Mm. Clippers and Lake Clippers versus Lakers regular season since 2012, 30 and seven, the Clippers are 30 and seven, dude. Yeah. That's wild. Right. And here's another wild stat. The Clippers have the second best regular season record over the last 10 seasons behind the golden state warriors. How wild is that? Okay. Wow. 
That's fucking crazy when you think about it. And mine, I, of course, everybody's going to come back. Well, yeah, where's the rings? Where's the playoff? I know. I'm, I know. <laughs> I know what you're saying. But, you know, we can give props to Marcus and, and to Reggie and to Serge. Again, Serge played a really great game. But Reggie's quote after the game, the reason that, we're, that we win these close games is because of the person we have at the helm. And he's speaking again about Ty Lue, and we don't need to go, uh, you know, deeper into how good we think Ty Lue is, but he is, man. And they have complete confidence in what Ty Lue draws up and, and the rotations that he has. The only concerning thing, really, when we're playing against the Lakers or anybody with big men is our protection at the rim. Serge right. tries his best. Um, but well, the no, offense- Zub, Zub was out uh, for this game, and I think that was pretty impactful. It was because we could have definitely used him because Hardenstein is just too small for AD. You know, I mean, he plays he, he did OK last night. He did all right. And again, he's great on that second unit. Luke didn't have a great game. Um, neither did Terrence Mann, who hasn't been having great games lately. Yeah. But and Batum didn't either. Batum played like 26 minutes and got, I think, four points, you know, but he also mm. had three blocks and, and three steals and doing the things that Batum does. Um, I'm kind of curious now, like the horrible game that Bledsoe had. Um, actually it wasn't horrible, but the bad game he had, the three air balls he had, and then Zub not playing, looking back on it now, like, do you think Bledsoe had wind that fuck, I might be tomorrow might be, I might be getting traded or what? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. I, I have to imagine that the Clippers keep that under wraps before would, a game. You would hope so. That they put a guy out in the Jersey. I mean, look, we, we, the Harrison Barnes treatment. I always remember that, right? He got traded at halftime while he was suited up on the sideline so on wrong. the pinch for the Mavericks. So I'm hopeful that, you know, they just kept it under wraps until today. Um, I just, I can't imagine that Bledsoe would want to play also. Like if he knew, like, he's like, I'll just be in a, I'll just be in my suit. I don't need to be out there in a, in a Jersey. They don't wear suits anymore, Drew. There's no such right. thing as suits. Yeah. There's no, they don't need a suit. Yeah, that's no. true. Did you whatever see, the, whatever did you fit. see the, the low key troll trolling Paul George? on the bench no comment on no the, comment on the t-shirt i love it and i knew it right away because he didn't make uh didn't make the all-star reserve team and actually this is a good segue for us bro unless you have something else you want to say about that game last night no i just thought that it, that reminded me of the jesus jesus shuttlesworth when he's walking through the uh the high school with his with his point guard putting up like he doesn't know yet it, right. it, the, the paul george shirt reminded me of the jesus shuttlesworth moment well, I, I get why Paul George is upset, but you know, let's let's move into this. All star reserves were made, uh, Western and Eastern Conference. We, we pretty much dialed it in. We had almost all of them correctly. We had no idea that Chris Middleton was going to make this team. And yeah, I'm a little that was shocked. the one we didn't miss. That was the one we didn't pick out. That's true. We didn't even. He wasn't even in our maybes, right? No, no, he was not. Is that our fault? Is that our is that our bad for like our preparation, or did we just we honestly feel that he hasn't been an All Star this year? Well, look. I mean, so Middleton this season is averaging just under 20 points a game, right? Mm-hmm. So he's still scoring pretty well, 19.6 points a game, uh, five boards, five assists. So that's, you know, that's really solid. Uh, but, you know, when you're looking at some of the other guys that we had brought up on our list, I just, I think, <laughs> I, I think he didn't deserve it as much, right? So when I go back to the guys that I was thinking might, might slide in there, it was like Sabonis who's averaging just under 20 points, 19 and 12 with five assists. Bradley Beal, 24 points, five, five boards, six assists. LaMelo, 19, seven and seven. And Jared Allen at 16 points, nine assists. I think he probably deserved it 
more than maybe LaMelo, right? Because the Bucks are a, a really good team um, and probably deserved it more than, than Jared Allen on the, on the Cavs. But I do think like you could make a strong argument that Beal or Sabonis for sure should be included in there and not <laughs> Chris Middleton. Mm-hmm. But it was, you know, it was like a legacy pick. I mean, he, he's a big name and he's been an all-star last couple seasons. So it was almost like, sure, he has to be included just like the way that Jimmy Butler was included, right? And that was another one that I didn't, we didn't think he was going to be on the list because he missed so many games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there he is. He's, he's on the list and the reserves. And going back to like what we said, what I, what I said on the last episode about Paul George. Yeah, I think Paul George, when he was playing this season, was playing at an MVP level, a definite, uh, a definite all-star, but he's missed too many games and it should go to somebody that's been playing or has played more games. I understand why Paul George is upset, but what's the point of getting the all-star nod and then not being able to play in the game? You know, right. like just give it to one of these kids. Now, look, we have four first-time all-stars, Ja, Fred Van Vliet, uh, Wiggins and our boy Garland made it. I was really happy about that. Yeah. He deserves it. Cleveland's going to be repped in, in, in the all-star game. Fred Van Vliet is only the fourth undrafted all-star in NBA history. Wow. And fourth all time, bro. That's undrafted crazy. player. Is it, it? It is. Yeah. And, and he was on my, my squad to make, to make the all-star team. And I'm happy that he did. He deserves it. Um, I think job being there, but everything else we pretty much called, uh, you know, Anthony Edwards could have gotten the nod. Um, I'm glad Carl Anthony Towns made it. Uh, uh, Minnesota has been on a run right now. They've taken over the seventh spot, taken over the Clippers and Lakers and taking that seventh spot. They're seven and three in their last 10 games. Cat's been having a phenomenal season, but I- I'm fine with every one of these picks, man. Yeah. So in the East, uh, the reserves are Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, James Harden, Zach Levine, Jason Tatum, and then the new guys, Darius Garland, Van Vliet. Big shout out to Garland. Huge. Really great for Cleveland to have a guy in there. And I think he deserves it. And, and the Cavs deserve somebody being mm-hmm. in there, you know, Garland or Allen or whoever. But uh, I think he definitely has been a driving factor for that team uh, and really deserving. And in the West, it was Booker, Doncic, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, Go Bear, Draymond Green, and Carl Anthony Towns. That's you know that's pretty much how we drew it up, outside of the Middleton miss, and I have no problems with it at all. I mean, you could make an argument that Jimmy missed too many games. You could make an argument that, you know, potentially that Dejounte Murray, you know, mm-hmm. might might deserve um, a spot on the Western Conference. But really, I mean, I think it came out pretty chalk. And Steve. you know, I think the other thing is with the East, um, I think there is still a chance that. Beal or Sabonis or LaMelo gets in there because KD's not going to play, right? We know for a fact Kevin Durant's not going to play. Um, and then the rest of them seem like they're going to be good to go. So there is going to be a spot available in the Eastern Conference. It'll be interesting to see who gets the nod there. Um, and then potentially, you know, I hope that's not the case for the Lakers, but LeBron has, is still out and we don't know when he's going to be back. There's hope that he'll be back soon and he might be day-to-day. Uh, but there's a chance that somebody drops out of the uh, the West due to a, a health problem, and, it, and it most likely it'll be LeBron or Draymond Green. So I think we will get at least one guy in the West as well, and that's maybe where Dejounte Murray slides in. But I think you know everything everything worked pretty good except for the Middleton piece, and then of course Wiggins being the starter. <laughs> well, you know Dejounte, Steve Kerr came out and said he voted for him. Yeah, like he, he voted for Dejounte. Our boy Sean Bishop made sure that I, I saw that because he's a big Spurs guy, and he's very deserving. The only thing is the record with the Spurs right now, and you know, by the way, in that uh, you know the top ten regular seasons in the past ten years, the Spurs were third. 
in wow. that, wow. which is which is pretty crazy. That's how many games they won a shit ton of games early. Oh, but they so many games. I mean, <laughs> so that's that's pretty crazy. That it's is. also crazy that those teams were are like Kawhi Leonard teams, right? Facts. Like, if you look at two of those teams for the last ten years, he's been on them uh, for the most part. So that's pretty interesting. Yeah, but I think Murray Murray is so good. I mean, I just think it's unfortunate that San Antonio isn't very good um everywhere else but he i think he just set the record for the franchise triple doubles like in in the in the entirety of the san antonio spurs i think he has 11 triple doubles and that's the most of any spurs player i I believe david robinson had 10 and that was it so i think he's already on path to well well break that record like several like several times over like he's gonna be tremendous if they can keep him you know what's wild is I did see a stat the other day that I think Kawhi Leonard's only had four, like in his whole triple career. doubles are hard, man. They're hard to get. If you're not searching for them, right. or if you're not on a team that helps you get them, mm-hmm. if they're hard. They <laughs> they're hard. If if everyone's on board, they become a little easier. Westbrook. Hey, so say, Westbrook. <clears throat> um, <laughs> hey, so staying on the All Star theme right now, we we got our our, our candidates for the dunk contest, which is going to be Jalen Green, Obi Toppin um cole anthony and who's our last one juan toscano anderson jta is that that what we call jta jta toscano anderson from the warriors that was kind of a shocker but like i was telling drew before the show like if you don't have the sauce like you don't put yourself in the dunk contest right like you're you're not going out there to be a bust so if he thinks he can get up he can get up and our boy tim timmy rubbage who's the the big uh, North Carolina guy. So he's been sending me Cole Anthony shit for the past week. And I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it, but Jalen green is a rim raper, dude. He is just an animal around the rim. It's, it's crazy because I also saw a stat this week on how bad Houston is when he's playing and how good <laughs> they are when he's not, which is, you know, sometimes you got to go back and, and like really look at yourself. And be like, yo, what am I doing to make this team so bad? Because he's such a good talent, right? And there is so much talent in him, but they got to figure his uh, his placement on that squad and what, what he's gonna, you know, have to bring to the table because they're horrible when he's playing. Yeah, that's the weirdest part. I think is like how much better they are when he's off the floor, <laughs> and that's a pretty telling sign, right? When the team is that bad just to begin with. And then they're significantly worse when you're on the floor. <laughs> That's not great. But look, I mean, I don't think he's ever going to be introspective enough until he's probably 25 or 26 uh, to start being like, why is this my problem? I He probably doesn't even view it as a my problem. Right. He's like, what are they uh, he's, doing wrong? I mean, the kid's like 19. He has, yeah, he's just like, dude, I'm making money. I'm dunking. I'm in the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. He, he is explosive as shit. I mean, that is, I'm excited to see uh, his level of bounce is, is up there with anybody else in the league. I'm excited to see what he brings. And then, and, the Cole Anthony thing might be surprising to, to some people because he is so small. But I remember maybe it was last month or maybe a few weeks ago, he was dunking from the free throw line in that practice gym where they were. I didn't do you remember that. that? I didn't. Oh see yeah, that. he they threw they threw him a lob. He didn't he didn't bring the ball up. Someone from the free throw line, bro. From the free throw line, one footed from the free throw. I mean, of course, no one does a two footed <laughs> dunk from the from the free throw line. Uh, but yeah, one from from the free throw line off an alley oop, he slammed it home, and maybe the rim was you know nine foot eight or whatever. But I'm excited to see what he brings. He's he's more bouncy than I think people realize. Cole Anthony, and and for such a small guy, I think it'll show up well. It's always best when you're the small guy in the lineup. Your vert just jumps off the page, and 
for JTA, I mean, he's had some pretty monster dunks, Juan Toscano Anderson, but I have to imagine that he's got to bring something special because we haven't necessarily seen, you know, like Obi Toppin did a between the legs dunk in a game and he's been Mr. Dunker since he was in college. So, and he's the son of a dunker, right? So like, it's almost like a legacy. Like, you know, uh, I would have, I'm going to be interested to see what JTA brings to the table, but he's definitely in last place already in my mind. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Obi will, out of all three dunks, they, they will all include an in-between-the-legs something because that's <laughs> that's literally his go-to. So it's going to be in-between-the-legs. I, I just think Jalen Green's going to be impressive. I think he's going to try to do something super flashy. It, uh, you know, Again, I don't like the, the dunk format. You and I came up with way better yeah. ways to make this better. They obviously didn't listen to us. They haven't announced the three-pointer, the three-point shooters yet. I think Luke Kennard's going to get the nod, which I think will be great. Um, you know, he's an Ohio kid. It's funny, man. And not to get into football, but last weekend of football was unbelievable. Like those games were just crazy. Let's go Rams. It, it's it, well, big Joe Burrow, dude. That guy is just, oh yeah. What, what a goat that guy is, right? I know. Seriously. What, what a freaking goat that guy is. Listen, I, I have never in my life ever met a, 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 a Cincinnati Bengals fan. I've never had anybody be like, yeah, Clips, I'm a big Bengals guy. Never, never met a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And I guess Luke Kennard was was so hyped that the because that's his squad, was so hyped um, about the Bengals winning. He had a big week, so the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. Uh, he had the huge game, um, and then he got inducted into his high school Hall of Fame. Uh, the same week which was really cool but anyways Luke Kennard big Cincinnati Bengals fan he's the only one that I know yeah good for him he's gonna he's gonna be sweating it out on Super Bowl I think the Rams are gonna be uh, tough to beat this year it'll be interesting but I hope he gets in the three-point contest I hope Mello gets in the three-point contest and I hope Clay Thompson gets in the three-point contest I don't I don't necessarily need to see Duncan Robinson I you know I want you know who I want to see and I've heard little bits and pieces, like little things in my ear for, for about a year and a half now about, I've heard people say that Armani Brooks is like the best mm. purest shooter that they've ever seen. Like, and most of the time it's guys on his team, but I've heard these little whispers that like, yo, this kid is one of, do you remember, uh, remember Anthony Morrow? Do you remember yes. him? Okay. Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. He was on the Warriors for the a hot Warriors. one. I'm pretty sure that's who they drafted. Dude, they did. And Don Nelson, or I think it was Don. It was Don mm-hmm. Nelson said that, like, yo, this is the greatest shooter I've ever seen. <laughs> and that was before it, Steph. This was before I think this Steph. Was right, right before Steph. <laughs> right. But you get what I'm saying. Like, there are these little gems where it's like, and yeah. Anthony Morrow had a he had a decent career. He might even still be in the NBA. I don't know. Or he's. I don't think so. I don't Probably think he's not. in the league. Um, yeah, I guess if Don Nelson, he was a hell of a player though. He was smooth. He was very smooth, super smooth, but he, they, but you know, he was a gem and, and people had said, yo, this guy can really stroke it. And I've heard about Armani Brooks a little bit. And since he doesn't get much pub pub at all, like you want to get some pub, win the three point contest. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, it'd be interesting to bring in some of those gems. I think Luke should get it. I think he's perfect for the dunk contest, just his stroke and like how, like mellow, isn't that fast with it. I don't think he'd finish all the racks. (laughs) you know what i mean you're talking about carmelo anthony right now No, i'm talking about la mellow oh la mellow oh okay sorry we're not allowed to call him mellow are we we already talked (laughs) well neither of them shoot that fast they all they both have both mellows have kind of a a long wind up yeah he wouldn't finish the rack by the way mellow going down carmelo going down last night are you a little scared hamstring those can be Uh, no 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 no. i the reports the initial reports is that it'll be um it should it should be day to day. It didn't mm-hmm. seem like a, a severe injury. At least that that was the report this morning. 
but I'm if he misses significant time, it's going to be very bad for the Lakers. He's been huge for us in, in games and very I, honestly pretty consistent. There's some nights where he's not he's just off a little bit and that'll happen. But mostly he's been a, a very solid three point shooter and a decent rebounder for us. I, I He's been playing better than I would have expected out of out of Mello. So but yeah, I hope he's I hope he's back soon. I mean, those 37 year old hamstrings are they're not the same. Little, they take a while. Yeah, they take a little while. Do you have any sleepers you'd want to see in the three-point contest? Um, I think Cam Johnson for the Suns would be great. I, Patty Mills, I don't know if he's interested in that. Joe Harris is not going to be available because his ankle is still bothering him. Uh, I think Max Struess, if you know, if Duncan Robinson is going to be in, then fine. But if he's not, then maybe Max Struess, the the guy for the Heat, who's uh, shooting really well. I think he's shooting like 41 percent. Outside of that, I mean, uh, maybe Seth Curry, right? Seth Seth has been shooting real well. I don't know if he wants to get a little pub. He needs a get trophy. Out there. Get the guy a trophy. Yeah, he deserves a, a trophy. A Let's trophy. give him a trophy. He's had a tough tough life living in the shadow of his, his dad and his brother. Um, you know, outside of that, I think uh, maybe Gary Trent Jr. Eh. Eh. You don't but want yeah, Luke in we, it? You, you don't want to see Luke in it? Oh, no, I think Luke Kennard is good. But you said sleepers. And, I, mm. you know, those are the – I think Luke – I would love to see Luke Kennard in it. I think, it, obviously, if we can get – Stephen Clay or or one of those guys, then great. I just don't know what the level of motivation. Steph that they doesn't might need have. another trophy. Yeah, Steph doesn't yeah. need another. So, um, I always think it's the best when when you know it's like I remember watching Larry Bird in the three point competition uh, in these reruns that would come on randomly, and I just like it was great that he would do it so frequently because he was such a good shooter mm. and he loved beating everybody. Right. So I think maybe there's something like that for Steph that he just wants to keep doing this, but I don't, I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. So I just hope he's out there because he's the best shooter I've ever seen in my life. And I would love to watch Steph and, and the rest of it doesn't really matter as long as it's close. And they've been pretty close last few years. It's been come down to the wire. I get, and the, the our, my least favorite thing about all-star weekend is the dumbass skills challenge, right? Like it's the worst, but I yeah. guess they're, they're revamping it to make it more interesting. And then I heard a rumor today that the, that the Giannis brothers, I can still never pronounce his last name. Brothers. It's so hard for me to say, I, I, I would mess it up, but they're all going to, they might all compete against each other, which would be interesting. That'd be funny. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, the third one, the, you know, the, 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 uh, Thanasis and Giannis are on Milwaukee mm-hmm. and Alex, which mm-hmm. I'm sure is short for something gotta be, uh, is in the G league. So I don't know if, if they'll let him participate because he's not in the NBA currently. Um, <laughs> uh, it would be hilarious and amazing for them. And I guess what, if they're competing in it against each other, they're going to try real hard. And right. that's mostly that the reason that the skills challenge sucks is because the people they're just walking. It's they're walking it up. They're like, I guess I'll do this. And they're just, there's, there's like, they don't want to look bad in any capacity. Right. So if they don't try very hard, Jokic should never win bad. a skills challenge. Didn't he win? Didn't I think it was Sabonis. One? I think it was. Sabonis. Oh, it was Sabonis. That's right. Okay. Same shit. Those guys shouldn't be winning the point. Yeah. It's like, it was like bam. I feel like it was bam out and Sabonis in the finals. It's going to be like, Zubac right. versus, it's going to be Zubac versus Jokic this year. No, uh, but see, I, I think like LaMelo, like I think the NBA, we, I mean, we probably talked about it last year, but like bring in LaMelo and bring in CP and bring in like these fun players, ja. like uh, Kyle Lowry and, mm-hmm. and ask them what, ask them to help build the skills challenge, mm-hmm. right? Not, not make them compete in the format that they have, but ask them like, what would be fun? Like, what's a fun thing to do? And I always thought that there should be a, an alley-oop portion there 
and it can be like almost like a warm up for the the dunkers, right? Like you have the guys in the dunk contest, mm-hmm. and there's an alley oop portion, and each guy gets the one alley oop, gets the legs going a bit, um, because that's you- obviously that's a that's a big skill to have in the NBA. There should be a floater aspect. There should be a a, a lob aspect in the skills challenge. And there should also be like, look, these are the most elite players in the world. Like, can we get a behind the back? like dime that you have to whip into one of those bags or whatever the hell I'm saying. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. One of those, like, let me see you going. Like, I want to see a pistol Pete type shit in there, in here, not just dribble, dribble, boom, dribble, dribble, boom. And then chest pass. Like, that's just lame. Yes. Let's make, let's make this cool, man. Like who, who's the best and, you, and you difficult know, and somewhat difficult, right? right? Like, like how they it's do with supposed the quarter- to be challenging, <laughs> like with the quarterbacks. You remember when they used to do those quarterback things where you got to throw it from 50 and get it into the net, like yes. stuff like that. That's what I want to see. That's exactly right. And, right. and, 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 and it sounds like they're not going to ever drop it. Right. Because then you're dropping a sponsor and you're dropping more mm-hmm. time to sell advertisements on TV. So at least make it more ex- exciting <laughs> and worthy of us watching it because right now it's a snooze. I don't even, I don't, I barely watch it like I'll, it'll be on and i'm just like doing other stuff in the background because i don't care <laughs> it's so boring yeah so that another cool thing that would instead of i mean with the dunk contest included but like my boy ryan hicks um who ran a basketball company used to do a lot of like uh, it was uh he'd do it to raise money for the community and like police departments and for fire departments but he'd be down at venice beach and he'd be in all you know these rec league tournaments and whatnot but he had a to to the top tournament where it was just this big long stick with a bell on top right and just everybody would come out and and try to get to the top who can hit the bell right and that's something i would love to see jada you don't got to be in the dunk contest but like yo let me see you vert this and touch this bell that's 11 and a half feet in the or 12 feet in the air right totally that would be interesting to watch kind of like how they do at the combine where you gotta you know test your vertical and whatnot but like hitting the bell. You remember when Dwight threw the sticker on the backboard and like, didn't even get any love because people didn't right. understand what he just did. Yes. Like, yo homie, 12 feet is the top of the backboard. <laughs> Do you know how? And then he dunked it like, come on. Um, so anyway, sorry, you got me all amped up right now. There's just so many other cool things that I would rather watch than uh, like, I'd love to see CP. Can you, can you whip three behind ba- the back passes and just be money? In the, yeah. in the net can you do three of those and finish um, with a half court shot right right give it to Melo. or you know some sort of like behind the basket shot you have to shoot it over the shot clock i hey, mean sh- just so many things that you can be fun that shaq they just don't a, incorporate shaq put 100k on Lamelo, pointing at half court and hitting it in the in the uh rising stars game wow yeah he, I he love told it. he told bellow he's like, i got 100k if you if you point like he did in high school oh and my hit God. the half. And of course Mello's like, honey K, okay, okay. All right, Shaq, honey K. <laughs> it's like, and you know he's gonna do it. Like, if you're gonna do it in any game, do it in the rising stars. Definitely the perfect game to do it in rising stars, right off the tip. <laughs> um, all right, I want to move into something that I don't want to talk about too long about, but it's something that happened today, and it's one of our least favorite players we like talking about, and our one of our least favorite teams we like talking about. But Two of the West reserves, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, mm. are um, supposedly having their beef again. Uh, it's been well documented that that Donovan and Rudy kind of don't see eye to eye on a lot of things. The, everything that happened with COVID kind of took that to the next level uh, with what Rudy did. And it, it, Windhorse came out and just said that there's some some passive, passively, aggressively awkwardness that's going Mm. on between these two and i wanted to get your take on this because both these guys are uh, under long-term contracts both of these guys are all-stars 
Uh, Utah has dropped to the fourth spot. They're three and seven in their last 10 games. Donovan's just coming back from his uh, injury or whatnot. But like, look, man, these are two stars. They're the, both the backbone of your franchise, of your team. You just lose Joe Ingles to a torn ACL, which is a huge blow to them moving forward. Like if anybody needs to try to make a move, it's probably these guys. But is this the time to trade? Like who's the first one to go? Because Rudy is so important to their team and to, and to, you know, just to their team and defense in general. And then Donovan Mitchell is kind of like your franchise player. So it's it's obvious that they haven't sat down and tried to hash out their differences. I don't think Rudy's the, I don't know Rudy, so I could be completely wrong on this, but I, I'm not sure he's the easiest guy to see eye to eye with on some things. I don't, I, I'm not, I don't know that for sure, mm. but you don't think that they've sat down or Quinn's brought them in and been like, look, what do we have to do for us to work together? Cause even Michael Jordan played with people that he didn't like, but yo, when we're playing this, like we're going to, we're going to win ball games. Right. Scotty Pippen hated Dennis Rodman, right? But he knows what, De what Dennis brought to the team. And when we're playing basketball, it just works. So it, it's, it's going to happen again now that Joe's, Joe is out. That yeah. we'll prob we're probably going to see another playoff collapse, maybe. Um, they're definitely not the same squad that they were last year. But what's the next move for them? If they're really not getting along and, you know, Rudy's stock is high and Donovan's stock is high, what do you do? Well, the first thing I want to say is that Donovan Mitchell and part of the reason that the the Jazz are struggling is he's been out since January 17th when he got concussed in a Laker game so he hasn't played for whatever two three weeks now uh, and of course they're not going to be as good when their best player and he's definitely their best player is not available and then you compound you compound that with like Conley's missed some time uh, you know Ingles obviously tore his ACL which was really shitty got I love that guy and I, you know, shouts out to him and I hope he has a speedy recovery. Um, but to me, I, you know, when it comes to the relationship between Mitchell and Gobert, Gobert is the harder asset to offload. He's the one that they should want to offload, but I just don't know how many teams would line up for him. And I'm, I'm sure there would be at least a couple suitors, right? You would have to imagine that maybe you know a couple of these teams would just be like yeah let's do it i'll rock what we'll, we'll take gobert um and you know we'll try and make some sort of trade happen um donovan mitchell would be the easiest one between the two to get rid of because i think most teams in the league would be like yes like and you, you know, get high value back absolutely mm -hmm. but if you're utah i'm not giving up donovan mitchell because then i have to hope i draft another donovan mitchell because no one goes to Utah for free agency other than like Bogdanovich, right? Like he's, mm -hmm. <laughs> he's like the only one that the relatively big name that, that they've been able to sign. Uh, so to me, I think if they're going to make a change, it's not those two players. It's, it's maybe it's Ingles. Maybe you try to offload Ingles um, who's on an expiring contract, I believe. And maybe you try to get rid of Jordan Clarkson who will have significant value on the market, I think. Uh, but they, they have, in my opinion, they have other moves to make before they go into this whole, we probably need to decide between Gobert and Mitchell. And then you just got to really hope that they, these guys can work it out. Um, you know, Danny Ainge is in part of the organization now in Utah and Dwayne Wade is a part of that ownership group. Like, just let's have a let's have a full on everybody meeting uh, with the necessary personnel within the front office and then within the ownership group and then Donovan and Rudy and be like, yo, uh, can we hash this Can we hash this out? Or is this like a kind of a burgeoning Shaq and Kobe thing again, where they're just going in different directions and they don't really want um, to reconcile. 
So you have to hope that, you know, especially given the level of success that they've had in Utah, that they should be able to work this out. It hasn't been amazing, right? They've never really done much in the playoffs, but they've been very good for the last four years, I would say, at least in the last three, very good. And, you know, those two guys are key components to it. So I just don't, I don't see either of them moving uh, simply because number one, they're both paid very highly. And number two, they're so valuable to everything that they do within the system. And Rudy Gobert has been out by the way, for a couple of these games. So they're just in a rough patch. And I think when that happens um, and, and, and these guys aren't used to losing, everyone gets upset. Yeah. I mean, the best case scenario is you guys work it out and you build together that, and you play together, right? Cause you know, Donovan's not going to go somewhere with a better center than Gobert, I don't think, right? Gobert's like the best at the position for what he needs. Again, we 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 rip on Rudy, and but we're also very realistic with Rudy. He's very good. He can block shots and set screens and and obviously rebound the basketball, all-star. Like the best way this works is if they could both stay together and just build something else and, again, draft well. But, you know, there's been a lot of these subtweeting, trolling going on, which we know, like – Rudy and, and Donovan are both taking shots at each other, kind of. Uh, but it's just very passive and awkward, and that's what they're saying. And that could cause for, like, weirdness in the locker room, you know. And you're still in the fourth spot. Like, if you guys can get this shit together and, you know, Royce O'Neal steps up and, and, and the other homies step up to take Joe's spot, never single Joe Ing- Ingles, um, or what, what, what do we used to call him? Chris Kringle, Chris Australian, Kringle, Chris, Australian Chris Kringle. <laughs> um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm actually going to be paying attention to some Utah games. It is interesting, and it's something that I brought up on the last podcast. It was like the Warriors and Utah were on this downward path, and the Warriors have popped back up, and they've won several games. Uh, they've won eight in a row now. <laughs> so, you know, they had that weird dip where they were really scrounging around, and they, I think they were like six and four in ten games, and now they're – you know, they're nine and one in the last 10 that they've played. And then Utah conversely is three and seven in those last 10 games. So this is what a lot of teams have been dealing with. Um, you know, even if you remove the COVID aspect, when any of the, when your two best players go out, of course, people are going to be upset and you're going to lose games. Um, and then I you know can, all about that. Right. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, Utah is getting a little taste of the medicine of what the Lakers are dealing with as far as like availability goes. Uh, and they have had really good luck for the most part with not being injured. And in the playoffs, sometimes like Conley or, you know, last year Mitchell's ankle was off, but you know, in the playoffs, sometimes they get a little injured, but at least for the regular season, they're one of the most, they're one of the good best teams because their players are typically available and, and, and on the court. And I think they'll bounce back. Like, like you said, they're in the four seed. They have a two game lead up on Dallas um, in the five. Uh, so I, I mean, I think they'll be just fine as soon as Donovan, who has been cleared to return from his concussion, but it took a long time, which means I think there may have been something wrong there. I mean, usually a concussion, especially if you're in the NFL, you can be back in a week or two. It's been a long time that he's been out with his concussion. So hopefully he's doing better. And my guess is he'll be on the court this week at some point. Um, I, I forgot to bring something up that I wanted to ask you going back to the Clipper Laker game. I don't uh-huh. mean to be jumping back and forth, but I have a question for you. Sure. So after the game last night, LeBron tweets out saying, hey, big shot by Mr. October Reggie Jackson. Um, did you see this tweet or no? I don't think I saw this. Yeah. So he says big, uh, big shout out or big shot uh, by Mr. October. And he's saying Mr. October because Reggie Jackson, the baseball player is nicknamed Mr. October. So really don't 
understand that. Just call him Big Gov or whatever like that. Um, big shot, something like that. Just praising Reggie Jackson, right? And immediately, like Laker Nation goes at LeBron. Like, hey, Kobe would never do that. Like, why? Why are you congratulating somebody hitting a game-winning shot? Right? Um, <laughs> they they were really upset. And then I started thinking. I, and of course, I I was listening to Skip this morning, who you should never listen to when he talks about LeBron. But he made a valid point. Like. The whole point of him sending that tweet was like, yo, big shot, but like, it's because I wasn't playing. You know what I mean? But he, he he's not lying saying Kobe wouldn't immediately after the game be like, yo, big shot. Thanks for kicking our ass or something like that. What do you think as a Laker fan when that comes out? Uh, that's just LeBron. That's 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 what I think. I mean, that's a that's a to me, that's a pretty standard, standard. LeBron LeBron move. Right. right. Uh, I think anytime the conversation pivots away from him. Uh, during the course of anything related to the NBA, he tries to do something or say something that will get the spotlight on him again. And I don't have a problem with it. Look, it's a fucking where he didn't play. He's congratulating a guy who made a good shot. Yes, there's subtext. And mm -hmm. yes, maybe it's a little snarky or whatever. Uh, but, you know, it shouldn't matter. And, and look, if you're going to try and compare LeBron James to Kobe as a Laker fan, what are you doing? Like yeah. that you're just never it's they're not the same. They're not analogous. They're very different players and they carry themselves in very different ways. So if you just want to be mad at LeBron forever, that's fine. what they're keep doing. That's my whole point. Keep comparing him to Kobe. But that's just a whole nother thing. I mean, it's just so dumb to get that to have that be an argument or something that you should expect LeBron to be more like Kobe now. It's like right, that's right. not going to happen. Right. Uh, it's always been LeBron to do something like that. So it is what it is. Yeah, that's how I took it too. I just wanted your opinion on that. I didn't mean to jump back to that. No, that's um, all right. I, you know, I when we were talking about Utah and their struggles, it made me think about Atlanta and how they've turned it around recently. Uh, you know, they're still in the ten seed in the Eastern Conference, but they are kind of on an opposite run than Utah is right now. They're eight and two in their last game in their last ten games, and they just beat. Uh, Phoenix um, and Atlanta at 25 and 26 is starting to actually look a little bit like the Atlanta from last year. Uh, they didn't make as many moves as I thought they were potentially going to make this year. And really, I think part of the reason why they didn't feel the need to make a move, I, we saw them get rid of Cam Reddish, but that's kind of on a lower level of their roster um, is because I think they still believe that this team is good. And just like what we all thought, I mean, especially me, I thought they would be, you know, in the mix kind of where Cleveland and Brooklyn are in the five and six right now for sure this year. And maybe they just needed that, that moment to actually start caring about the season. Um, but uh, they are looking much better. DeAndre Hunter is better. And that team is significantly better when DeAndre Hunter is playing. I just wanted to talk about them for a second because Trey Young is is deserving of his all-star spot, and he's been very good. But this team has been shitty this year because they just didn't care enough. They didn't play defense, and they're starting to do that now. Uh, and when they do that, I would expect them to continue to win games. When they play defense hard, they are a different team, and they're a much better team. Um, and I, I think they're going to go on a run. Well, you remember the quote from Trey Young early in the year when he said regular season is just boring. That was their whole approach, man. Yeah, that was the, like the first week of the season. Right? And that's how they approached the season. And that's why they were bad. And, you know, to be funny, like things have changed since Kevin Knox has been there. <laughs> if you think <laughs> Since that trade, no, he probably hasn't gotten much burn. But you're right, man. Uh, Atlanta's a hell of a team and Trey is a hell of a player. And he's a he's a budding superstar. I don't think he's a superstar yet. He is a star um, and 
Uh, you're you're absolutely right. When DeAndre Hunter's playing, they're a better team, and they have they have the makings. I mean, Capella, there's your center that you need, right? That's your guy. And then if you could get Gallo or or just some other people to contribute, they'll be just fine. Again, I think a lot of these guys are just trying to make it to the playoffs, like all of us are. Can we just make it to the playoffs, right? Yeah. And then get and there. then we'll we'll turn it on. Um, because God, I mean, after that series last year with with New York, that's the kind of series you want to watch, right? And those yes. are the teams we want to watch. So I'm interested in that as well, Drew. Yeah, and they're just they're just going to be a team to watch because they've dealt with a lot of injuries just like every other team. But right now, everyone's back uh, for now. I mean, right, you say that and, and who knows. But, like, they moved Bogdanovich to the bench uh, in the last couple games, which has been really, really helpful. And then Herter is getting more minutes. He had 19 points in that win over Phoenix. And so it just it's just really nice to see. And I think they did – I mean, when when – I was talking about the moves that they should make. It was more about consolidation. And I think getting Cam Reddish out of the lineup was important because it goes, okay, Herder, Hunter, you are the guys that we want in that role. Knox is not going to play. <laughs> you know, I think he's probably going to be a free agent at the end of this year. Um, but it just get, it just helps clarify their role and then allows them to get more minutes, right? Because I think – you know, uh, McMillan is, was for a period of time going like, well, shit, I want, I want these guys all to get 20 to 25 minutes somehow. And he just wasn't able to figure that out. Uh, they made a good decision keeping Herder, keeping Hunter, both guys that they're going to pay that they just paid a Herder actually. And I think it helped define the roles for everybody it gives Gallo more minutes at the four gives Bogdanovich a nice six man kind of a role, which I think he'll actually kind of do quite well with uh, coming in and out for Trey young. I just, I don't know. I think they're, it was been really disappointing this year, and I think they might actually be able to to meet the expectations that I had for them at the beginning of the season. Final thoughts, Drew. Uh, final thought. This is a fun one, Ooh. Um, and it's it's something that you and I had had touched on briefly before the episode started. Uh, but it has been ten years since Lynn Sanity mm. clips. Mm. Can you believe that was ten years ago since uh. the Jeremy Lynn experiments experience? <sighs> What a time that was, Drew. What what a 15-day stretch was that? Oh my god. Unbelievable. That was one of the best times in basketball, man. I remember every single game. I couldn't believe he did Kobe like that. This guy just comes out of nowhere. Absolutely. So much fun, so much fun man. And at the right time, I mean, dude, that game against the, against the Lakers was insane. I think he had one against uh, the Raptors, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. That was insane. It was right after that, and he had two game winner. It did. He, that was maybe one of the greatest unsung hero kind of runs that the NBA has ever seen. I can't remember a guy that was like not very important or kind of obscure coming in and doing that. And I think that was you know that was part of it. Is like who is this guy, Jeremy Lin? And he had one great game. It's like oh cool. But no, he's doing this for whatever it was, seven, seven games or something like that. He had that crazy, crazy run. And to me, it's just hard to believe that that was 10 years ago, bro. I, that felt, it feels so recent to me. Not 10 years ago, and we're sitting here, it's 2022, and that was in 2012. I got chills, Oh, God, bro. it was so much better then. That's when the Lakers were, like, in contention for shit. Kobe and Powell were on the team. Oh, much better days. Much better it, days. It was just a great time, man. I couldn't and, – and, again, and for him to be Asian, right? Like, that just – icing on the cake for this guy to come out and just, you know, 
learning his story and just how hard it was for him to get there. There's an awesome documentary called Linsanity. I think it's on Netflix. Yes. If you guys haven't watched it. It's phenomenal. The guy's so sleeping good. sleeping on his brother's couch, drop dropping 30 on Kobe, right? Just seizing. Unbelievable. Look, it's the all-encompassing story of rags to riches and taking the moment that you get, that one moment, because sometimes, dog, you only get one moment in life to make something great happen. And he seized the moment and made it fucking happen. And that can go for everybody in this world, right? But I think everybody listening to this show and every single basketball fan that loves the NBA remembers that week because we all do. That week, that two weeks was amazing. And like, that's your legacy, dude. Like, he could have gotten called up for that 10 day, did absolutely nothing, and then faded off into obscurity and just been a Harvard graduate, right? Living his best life, accounting, doing whatever the fuck he was going to do. But no, for these two weeks, I became the biggest star in the world, bro. And you had mentioned the funny thing is that Twitter 10 years ago really wasn't around, right? It was just starting to pop off right around that time. Just starting. And if it happened today, if this happened today, that this would be by far the biggest story in the world. This kid and what he's doing would be humongous. And um, God, that was such a good time. You gave, God, you're going to make my final thought look like shit. No, dude, that was just something that, I mean, I think we both saw it this morning. It's just like, wow. I just, it takes you right back when you, when I see the highlights, it's just like, man, I, I totally remember watching this being like, there's no way he's going to continue to hit these shots, these right. step back threes that he was just pulling up and getting into the lane and, no, I, but I think you touched on something that was pretty important there. And it's like that bias against Asian basketball players. And I think that's a real thing. I mean, unless, of course, you're Yao Ming, right? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, the seven footers. Uh, but there, I, there has always been, it seemingly in the NBA, a bias against uh, Asian players. And, you know, I, would, I, I think Jeremy Lin did a lot to maybe kind of at least start breaking down that bias because it doesn't matter what you look like. If you can hoop, you can hoop. Um, and he certainly proved that. But I think that was like a really big step forward. And I, I've heard on, um, you know, some of the Ringer podcasts, like Bill Simmons will have, you know, different guys that he knows, like, uh, that are Asian American that, that he asked, like, is that the biggest moment for, for Asian American athletes ever? And it's up there. I think it is. I think it's one of those moments that was, that's up, that has to be up there for, uh, especially in the sport of basketball, um, the biggest moment ever. And uh, I, th- it just makes me think, too, because there was a movie I watched recently called Boogie that I don't know if you've checked out yet, Clips. It's on HBO Max. Uh, it's directed by Eddie Wang, um, a chef and entrepreneur, author, uh, who's, I believe, was born and raised in, in Queens in New York. And it's a story about this Asian basketball player who's trying to get a D1 scholarship who, who grew up in, in New York. And it's a really cool story. Um, and a really good movie. Uh, but I just think, you know, without, without Jeremy Lin, I don't know if that movie is greenlit, you know, and, and, and that movie came out last year, I think, but I think it's pretty important. Yeah. And you know what we didn't even mention that when you get that chance, that shot, I mean, think about how much bigger of a spotlight do you have than being on the Knicks and playing at the garden and the culture (laughs) of basketball. Right. And everything is, I got chills again, bro. It's just this perfect storm where some, sometimes some, the, the stars align in life and then this moment happens. And the next thing you know, it's gone. 
right? And and your legacy is always going to be that that two week stretch. Linsanity was never corrected again. He had a decent NBA career, right? I think he's still mm-hmm. trying to get some burn. I think he got some you know tryouts last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and now he's doing like this YouTube thing where he's making funny skits and stuff, and that's cool. But like it was just some, something so magical and something so beautiful where it just all came together. And and for that for those two weeks, basket it, it reminded me. I know it's not the same fucking thing, but there was a couple of those LeBron stretches in the playoffs, right? Where it's just like every single game, this guy's doing something, right? Like, God damn, he's doing it again. No way he does it again and again. And that's kind of like what, what Lynn Sanity was like, but to do it, like if it was happening at in Detroit, you know, or in Orlando or somewhere else, like it might not have been as special, but being in New York, the totally. mecca of basketball kind of just made it even better. And I'm it was the you- biggest moment in, in Nick's history, <laughs> right. like since the 73 championship or whatever that was. Like it right. was like one of the biggest moments the Knicks have had since at least 99 finals. I mean, think about it, bro. Think about for Lin's Lin sanity. Like what if it was just that one game, right? That, right. And that's your calling. And you and you you won that one game or you you beat the Lakers right at Madison Square Garden. That in itself is magical. Right. I'm on a 10 day contract. Totally. I just scored on Kobe like, yo, I'm good. My career right. is good. Right. Totally. So anyways, I'm glad you brought that up. My final thought isn't as um, great as that. But I wanted I wanted to bring something up. Um and it, I, it's not going to be about TV, even though it should, because it's funny. My boy, uh, Air Mag, hit me up because he he finished Ozark after listening yes. to our show, and he's like, "Yo, this is great." And he's like, "Yo, you have you watched Yellowstone?" I'm like, "Dude, of course I have. Yellowstone's the greatest show on TV." And then he's like, "Yo, did you watch 1883?" I'm like, "Come on, bro. If I watch Yellowstone, of course I've watched 1883." <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, have you watched Snowfall?" And I'm like, no, that's been in my queue for a long time. He said, look, bro, if you like Boys in the Hood and you like John Singleton, you're going to fucking love this show. So anyways, I've been I've been binging Snowfall. It's great. Just the the it's it's based in the early 80s. The soundtrack in itself is magical. Anyways, it, it's on FX, right? It's, it's on that, FX uh, and Hulu. If you, Hulu. If you got it, it yeah, it's there you go. great. Franklin I've heard Saint. good things. I've Dude, heard good things about that show. It's going to be crushed today. Four I'm, I'm excited. Atlanta. Atlanta's coming back. It's finally. been five years, it's right? It's been what so long. So I'm excited for that. That's coming out, I think, in, in the spring. So I'm That's excited a good one that. to rewatch. I, I've only watched that one way through. And that was it's awesome. so good. Um, okay, so I'm not talking about TV, but if you are, you should watch Snowfall. It's awesome. Um, <laughs> it's This is why I said at the beginning of the show, this messes up my final thought because I was talking about trades. And, and a lot of people have been hitting me up this week because some other outlets have been coming out saying that like, yo, Batum and Zubak and Serge are on the trading block. And um, it's also come out like Ty Lue came out and said, like, I don't think Kawhi is going to play this season. And it came out yesterday that PG is going to get an MRI in three weeks. Look, this is where I'm st- this is where I'm standing on this. If Kawhi is not going to come back and play this season, I think it's time to shut it down. Okay. I think if we can get, if Paul George is going to be a hundred percent, the MRI comes back and, and says that, that he's good to play. Yes. I would like Paul George to play. Um, but I think this team is so exciting and there is a lot of chemistry on this team. These guys really love playing together. Um, I, we are not going to win a playoff series or we're not going to go to the second round of the playoffs without Paul George. Okay. This could be a really exciting season for, it's already been an exciting season for us, but splitting it up now, getting rid of Batum makes no sense. Getting rid of Serge right now makes no sense. And getting rid of Zubak right now makes no sense. Uh, what made sense was the Winslow, Bledsoe, and Keon. Like, that's the move that I think is good for us. I just don't – I don't see – I think this team has been so good that – 
or at least so fun and, and exciting for Clipper fans that that splitting it up now makes no sense. And if Paul George, if if it comes back that Paul George is going to need surgery, let's shut it down. Shut him down for the year. Let's get the surgery in 30 days. And then you're going to be fine for preseason next year. I think coming back, I think we're looking at the future right now. This is not a championship team. We're not going to compete for a championship this year. We all have to realize that. Could we have a really cool play-in series and win it? Yeah. Could we have a really good round one in the playoffs? I think we could with these guys. Mm -hmm. We've surprised and shocked a lot of people. We can beat a lot of teams. But when you talk about... uh, the phoenixes and, and the golden state we're not there with that without Kawhi and paul george we're not there if they're with our team yes are you kidding me we're competing for a championship so i don't think the clippers should make any more moves right now unless something great comes on the table for zubak which i don't think will um I don't, I don't, Batum has been so important for us this year. Surge is turning it on right now. Why would we get rid of Marcus Morris? You know, like let's let this team play it out and run its course and whatever happens, happens. If Paul George's MRI comes back negative and he can get back to resuming basketball, that would be great for us. I think there, there is a run, a playoff run in there for us, but if it's not, then let's just focus on next season. And that sucks to say, cause we had such high hopes for this, you know, but what do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's, uh, I mean, I think that's probably the best way to take it, right? Like there, there is no expectation of playoff success without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. And probably really you need both to have a a real shot at a championship. But certainly I think with the team, especially the way that they've been playing this whole season, if you get one of those guys back and they're a hundred percent, they have a shot to, to make a, make a run for sure. Um, Based on what, what you just said and what we're talking about, you should definitely not try to rush Paul George or Kawhi Leonard back. And it makes sense to just reload for next year and moving further in that direction. I think it actually does make sense for that reason to look at a couple moves here. I don't like moving Batum. I think he brings a lot to the table. I would like to keep him on the Clippers as I think you would as well. Uh, But I do think there might be something interesting for like a Covington Ibaka you know, you, you just got Covington in the trade, so you you, you flip him and Ibaka uh, and somebody else and try to get Miles Turner, uh, who is injured right now with a foot problem, who's probably not going to be back until after the All-Star break, might need a longer return. But then, you know, when you come back next year, you have Reggie Jackson and Norman Powell, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Miles Turner. And then that's like, wow, look at – just imagine that. That's a, that's a hell of a roster. So I would definitely still try and tinker, um, you know, it, you know, even Jeremy Grant or, you know, what, whatever, whatever it is, that's something that I would be looking for if I was the Clippers front office. I understand I you don't want to break up anything, mm-hmm. but my point is if you can just take Covington, who, who has not been involved at all, right, he just got there, and Ibaka or Zub or something like that and get a Miles, Miles Turner in return or a Jeremy Grant in return, I would, I would try and do a lot of that. I would try and do a lot of that for sure. I mean, they just gave up a lot of players here. Um, so I don't know they can package a whole lot more, but I, to me, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I don't think Lawrence Frank is sitting on his ass, not doing anything. I mean, he's exploring, he's one of the best, you know, front office dudes in the NBA. I'm sure they're exploring everything. I, I my whole point was just saying like, if it's not good enough, if it's not good enough to make us like a significantly better let's keep this squad together and and just ride it out it's 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 obvious that we play very well together and we're finishing ball games and winning uh when we need to obviously being a little bit under 500 has sucked but 
from a Clipper fan standpoint, I just rather let this run. Let's see what Norm can do. There's a reason why Covington's been on six NBA teams, right? Like Covington's been traded a few times, correct? Yep. Um, and he's good trade bait. So yeah, if there is something to explore, then I'm sure we're going to do that. But that's just my take. I want to keep this squad together and see how far we can go with it. You know, uh, if anything, the most positive thing we're taking away from this season is, you know, people turning into basketball players and getting the reps that they need. Amir Coffey and Luke Kennard and uh, Brandon Boston's, oh God, who's frustrating at times. But, you know, getting the reps that they need to 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 be uh, contributing players on on this team. So anyways, that's my take on it. You got anything else, Drew? You good? Yeah, the only thing I had that I, that just just came to me yesterday when I was just watching the games is it's a it's a super small note. I think Danny Green is this generation's Robert Ory. <laughs> Why do you say that? That's 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 a bold statement. Big shot, Rob. Yeah, and what I mean is like Danny Green has been on a lot of championship teams in a same contributing factor as Robert Ory. Right. You think about the time with the Spurs, you think about the time with Toronto and with the Lakers. So I just think it's the it's the closest comparison. He doesn't hit as many like unbelievably big game winning shots as Robert Ory. And I'm not trying to say they're on the same level in that capacity. But when you just look at what Robert Ory's career was, he was just kind of always this mercenary who would go from team to team and like contribute here and there and then and then be ready for the moment whenever it happened and win chips though so was danny green he's he's won four i think three or four rings so like you know robert ory has seven or whatever so you know obviously there's a difference there but i'm just talking about this generation it came to me i just floated it out there I think that's what it is. Robert Ory retired. Danny Green took his place. That's what I want our listeners to hit us up with. Let, let me know if you agree with Drew that Danny Green is this generation's Robert Ory. That's how we're going to end this show, Drew. Okay, episode 223. Just to remind you guys, Clippers are 30-7 and seven against the Lakers in the past 10 seasons, regular season. Just want to let everybody know. Go ahead, throw, throw in your, your championship plug, Drew. Oh, yeah, we have 17 championships. <laughs> so follow through with Clips and Drew. We're ghosts.